0: Welcome to today's episode, where we'll be talking about the importance of having a well written and compelling resume to ensure optimal success in your job seeking journey. A resume is a document that summarizes your work experience, education, and skills, and is typically the first impression that a potential employer will form of you. So it's therefore crucial to ensure that having a strongly worded resume that accurately reflects your qualifications and experience, showcases your knowledge and skills, and effectively communicates your value as a candidate. So that you reach interview stage. Whether you're a recent graduate that's looking for your first job or an experienced professional that's seeking a career change, your resume is your personal marketing tool that can either make or break your chances of getting hired. With so many job seekers that are vying for the same positions, having a standout resume is now more important than ever. In this episode, we'll be discussing the purposes of a resume, the relevant headings that should be included, and why it's crucial to ensure that key information gets placed under the most appropriate and relevant sections for maximum impact. So stay tuned to learn some valuable tips on how to create an impressive resume that will get you noticed by potential employers and help you to land your dream job. Let's get started by talking about some of the key headings and content that need to go under each section of your resume. As once you understand this, we can start to break down the barriers and the task becomes a little easier. Let's look at the professional summary. So the professional summary should be a brief statement around a paragraph in length that's at the very top of page one of your resume. This is your critical piece of resume real estate that hiring managers see first. And if you take their interest in the first few sentences, you'll probably make them want to read on. Bore the reader with repetitive and generic skills in this section and you can almost guarantee that they're not going to be interested in reading any further. The professional summary highlights your most relevant skills and experiences and summarises what you can bring to the table as a candidate. I want you to pay particular attention to the importance of tailoring it to the specific job that you're applying for to capture the attention of the reader. You can do this by carefully reviewing the job advertisement and the position description, where you'll note that certain keywords keep appearing. Ensure that these are filtered throughout your professional summary for maximum impact. If the organisation uses applicant tracking systems, which we spoke about in the last episode, it will pick up your keyword matching and put you through to the next stage. Or for a smaller organisation, the reader's attention is caught as you've presented yourself as the perfect candidate for the role. Let's talk about qualifications. So this section should include a list of your educational qualifications, such as degrees, diplomas and certifications. Include the degree, the name of the institution that you completed it at, and when you completed it. Make sure to highlight any relevant coursework or projects as well. I want you to pay particular attention here to relevance and recency, keeping in mind the type of role you're applying for and whether the qualifications that you're including in this section are relevant to this position or whether they're not. If in doubt, leave it out. You can always discuss more at interview stage. In terms of recency, If you've done a relevant course, but it was completed a while ago, include it, perhaps omit the year of completion. Again, you can provide more information at interview stage if you're asked about it. For more mature job seekers, this is a good workaround for those that have concerns about how they present on paper or the length of time that they've been in the workforce. Let's talk about training. So this section should include any short courses, certifications, tickets, licenses, or training programs that you've completed, that once again are relevant to the role that you're applying for. Include the name of the program, the institution that provided the training and the date of completion. Examples of this include blue cards, white cards, police clearances, any industry registrations and software skills. Make sure that you bullet point your training courses to condense them and don't include super long lists as you can always go into further detail later in the recruitment process. Professional development courses. So this section is similar to the training section, but focuses on the courses or workshops that you've attended to enhance your skills and knowledge. Again, we don't wanna include long lists, just provide an informative snapshot of a selection of most recent courses completed, keeping in mind ones that are highly relevant to the job application or courses that you think the reader would be interested in seeing in your resume. What about the employment history? So this section should include a chronological list of your work experience, starting with your most recent position and working backwards from there. For each position, include the job title, the organization that you're employed by, and the dates of employment, along with a brief description of your responsibilities and accomplishments in that role. Around four to six bullet points per role is typically sufficient enough to provide the reader with a good understanding of what you've done and achieved in each position. Remember that less is more and we're not necessarily wanting to tell them everything that you've ever done, rather pique their interest and provide enough information to make the reader want to know more and invite you in for an interview. Once again, in selecting information to present for each role, ensure that it is relevant to the type of position that you're applying for. For example, If you're applying for a customer service job, you want to be including details on your experience working in a frontline capacity in previous positions, dealing with conflict as a first point of contact, and perhaps your commitment to quality service delivery. If you're applying for a sales or business development role, for example, you need to be talking about key achievements in previous similar positions, KPIs that you've met, targets that you've achieved, or sales conversions that you've made strategically look at your career background and work out where to draw the line in the sand in terms of how far to go back in the employment history section. If you've held one job for the past 20 years, then obviously that's going to be your primary focus. If you've had multiple short-term contracts, you might want to look at your career history and brainstorm a way to represent these in a condensed way so you're not being repetitive. The rule of thumb is three to four jobs typically, and that's far enough to go back with the rest of your work history able to be condensed in a briefer bullet point section if required, which you can call previous employment or something similar. Here, we're still acknowledging some of your older roles that you've held, but we're more briefly bullet pointing them without listing out duties or achievements. Each applicant is going to have a completely different approach and strategy to this, particularly if you're someone that's undergoing a career change. For questions about best approach, you can reach out via my website or socials, and I'll be more than happy to guide you through the process and provide my recommendations. Personal attributes or characteristics. So this is a section that should highlight personal qualities that make you a good candidate, such as your communication skills, ability to work in a team, excellent problem-solving abilities, and your leadership strengths. Use brief examples to demonstrate how you've used these skills in the past, but be careful not to clog up the resume with long-winded lists of generic skills as this becomes boring to the reader and your application will just get overlooked. Let's talk about referees. So this section should include the names and contact information of people who can speak to your work experience and character in a professional capacity. Make sure to ask for permission before including someone as a referee And choose people who will provide a positive and detailed reference. I typically recommend a minimum of two and a maximum of four referees, all work-related and typically all people that have supervised you in the workplace being in a more senior position to yourself. Include their full name, position title, organization that they work for, phone number and email address, as most reference checks are conducted via email nowadays. Try and avoid where you can putting on requests as you're only going to need to list out referees in an online application form and it also causes employers more work in having to come back to you and ask for them. So where you can, present that information upfront, You can always ask for discretion in this process if you're concerned about the potential employer contacting your referees before you're ready. Well, that's brought us to the end of today's episode. I've hope you've learned a lot and taken away some important messages about the components and headings of a resume, what information to include under each heading, and key aspects to focus on in compiling your resume document. If you take into consideration these tips and focus on recency and relevance, you're going to have your absolute best shot at reaching interview.